It's quiet, says Snoz. Too quiet, says Vanteon. Our mics are, um, live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Hutton Orbital Radio News, live from Studio 5. I'm your host, Rudolph Harker, and joining me in the studio tonight, we have a couple of stunt presenters. I'm Colin Oscarfee, and I'm joined by my intrepid spaniel, Theodore. But he can't talk. He had his mouth full of stolen sausages. Sounds delicious. Whose sausages are they? I'm not sure, but the one he's gnawing on looks particularly grisly. A grisly sight indeed. On the other side of the desk, all on her own this evening, we have Norma. Norma, where's the loo? Just down the corridor. It's time for the headlines. Hutton asked, what are voyage locals and why are they so valuable? Rare scare as prices beyond compare. The Iron Fist of Hutton gives Ross 671 some tough glove love. Thargoid hack attack as Tharg hits back. Totos and Vazis in prize night sled tizzy. And I've got something to say about the community goals this week. With systems throughout the bubble offering truly redonkulous prices for some deep core goods labelled as Void Opals, Hutton asks the question, what are Void Opals? Research has indicated they're a zero-reflection rare mineral, a form of nega diamond that neither reflects, refracts or even sparkles in the slightest way when light is shone upon it. Yes, a Void Opal appears blacker than Skiprat's soul deeper than Commander Wotherspoon's digestion and every bit as shiny as Sagittarius A. These opals, only able to be perceived by touch, are cut by the finest gem craftspeople in the galaxy to have an utterly smooth texture, and when worn with your sparkly and lame Christmas outfit, can distract even the most disco of Hutton Trucker from paying attention to all the sequins. But when they're so plentiful, why are there so many of them accepted on the open market for sale? And who is paying such extortionate sums for them? Is it the Federation crafting a new form of ship-shielding technology to hide from Thargoids? Are criminals using them to fox the security scanners at spaceports to smuggle the latest goods? Are Hutton Widows using them to hide the keys to the ASP? We will be sending someone to look into the opals and get a fix on the mysterious buyer and then obviously nefarious intent. With the looming booming of rock munch goodies, purveyors of rare goods throughout the galaxy have realised that the word rare refers to the likelihood of anyone ever bothering to buy one of them, given that there are so many more expensive and unavailable items out there in the galaxy. Kamicha cigars are now commonplace, leathery eggs are in everyone's pocket, 
Momus bug spaniels on every orbital security detail, being closer to the ground, they're better at sniffing out things. Yes, rare items appear not to be bought for profit, or even for trade, but in modern times seem to be a cargo bay of items of almost comedy value when thrown out of the airlock at anything and then a selfie taken. Mug hut and mug in front of Beagle Point? Check. Labian brandy on a fumarole? Write a passage for a first year student pilots. Motrona experience jelly in someone's toothpaste tube? A schoolboy prank. There is a campaign by rare goods traders, themselves more rare than a steak tartare, to advertise the myriad values, uses and misuses of their trade items to a whole new audience over the coming year. With a viral campaign on Garnet, some clever bleating on Goatbook, and of course some for Pyramid Selling Scheme, that's going to make someone rich. Alvin's love knows no bounds, and this week Ross 671 has seen plenty of bounding as Hutton commanders descended into war zones, defended correspondence, for which we're grateful, destroyed correspondence, which left Radio Sidewinder despondent as they'd been saving all year for that asp, going toe-to-toe -to -toe with special forces who are not as hard as they say they are when they're at the bar, and generally sending the opposition home with their tail between their legs. For the first time in a couple of weeks, Hutton is clear of conflict. We've not got an election, and we're not afraid to show it. There's no war, and the systems appear to be happier than they've been in a while, which is funny, as we achieved all of this by taking the week off. All of course, apart from Commander Claire Helen, who managed to do all the work in the week all on her own. Everyone else gave a bird a good stuffing, they're stuffing a good home, wrapped blankets on pigs and bacon on figs, before setting fire to the dessert and collapsing in a food coma. After a couple of weeks of flying about the place not doing anything particularly scary, Varg the Mighty and his minions have unleashed a series of attacks on stations in the bubble, and for the first time unleashed cyber warfare on humanity. Ships attempting to reach the defence megaships are reporting that they are unable to reach them, with systems crashing and glitches leaving them floating in this next system over. There are Thurgoids mashing at Ruli, Jornbu's under attack, and Werapana is not just a hilariously named Christmas costume, but also in severe danger of an alien probing. Truckus, Atrus 5060s on the other side of the galaxy, but if he was here, he'd be saying, Good luck, truckers, and for the monk! Competing awards bodies, the Trophy of Trucker Origin, or Totos, and the Brazzies, the gold-ish trophy for not being as rubbish as you could have been, have been at loggerheads this week over who has the rights to appoint the trucker with the worst history of posting offensive things on Bleater, a bit like Twitter, but a bit more sheepy, um, as their guest host for the star-studded and stud-starring evening. Yes, it's in vogue for award ceremonies in Hutton Space to find the most offensive presenter they can to entertain their audience, producers having an eye on the old adage that bad news is big news, and big news isn't bad. Commanders Noctivagus, the head of Toto, and Evenstar, the man with the brassies, have been trading insults on local Galnet feeds in an attempt to catch the eye, 
or the ear of anyone offensive and well-known at publishing rival broadcast schedules that put both their prize fight night right on the same date and create a state of confusion about who people are voting for, in which competition, and of course, who is who on what judging panel. Just to confuse things further, they have appointed each other as judges on their own prize panels. Confused? Just get to Hutton and make your mark as to who's made the biggest mark in the last 12 months. Oh, I don't get an introduction this week. This is what happens when I can't find the loo. The Federal Navy has requested a large shipment of Dodo Drive personal computers from the manufacturer Herculean Machines, who have appealed for various commodities to be delivered, as well as for pilots to protect those trading in the blood trim system. I'll have more news later. Hutton Orbital Radio. If you think death is unpleasant, just wait till you die. Thank goodness for that. No one. It's flashing. It's flashing. It's flashing. It's flashing. And the community goes. Hello, it's Flossie here with this week's Community Goals News. The two new CGs this week uh, contribute commodities to Herculean machines and protecting traders in Blatrimp. The Federal Navy has requested a large shipment of Duradrive personal computers from manufacturer Herculean machines. Maddox Heard, the company's CEO, made this announcement. It's a testament to the Dura Drive's reliability that the Federal Navy wants to make it standard issue and we are proud to supply them. Fulfilling this order on time requires additional materials, however, so we urgently need deliveries of consumer technology, hardware diagnostic sensors and computer components to Boltzmann Hub in the Blatrimp system. The campaign has been coordinated by our partner, Blatrimp Allied Company Commodities, which has placed a kill order on all wanted chips to keep traders safe. I haven't ruled out the possibility that our rivals might recruit agitators to disrupt this operation. Who knows what Scorpio Devoro is up to these days? The initiative begins on the 27th of December and will run for up to one week. To be eligible for rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before delivering consumer technology, hardware diagnostic sensors and computer components or bounty vouchers to Boltzmann Hub in the Blatrimp system. And that is this week's CG News. This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. 
If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to fuelrats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? We're going round the U-Bend with Hutton Orbital. We join our intrepid team as they're planning Christmas over in Colonia, which, as everyone knows, is on the other side of the international dateline. It's already Christmas, and everyone's wearing shorts and firing up a barbecue. For some reason, Burl Ives has left Burl Ives in charge, a junior. He's giving everyone a dressing down for not dressing up. Mom? Yes, Burl? When can I wear long trousers? Why, pop it when you're old enough. My leg hair's turning grey, Mom, and I got my free bus pass last month. That would be a British thing, Burl, and you're not British. You're from Colonia. Anyway, you're still living here at home, dear. When do you move out? I don't want to move out, Mom. Shorts it is, then. Now, why don't you tell everyone about the meaning of this time of year? Make your daddy proud. Oh, shucks. Do I have to, Mom? Yes, dear. Now, be a good boy. It's that time of year that Miss Leia wants everyone to be happy. And when she's happy, Alvin's happy. And when Alvin's happy, my daddy's happy. He likes a happy Alvin, see? Now we all know what happens when Alvin's unhappy. Do we, Puppet? Yes, Mom. He gets all snappy. Good boy. Now run along and play with all the other pilots. Mummy's got some baubles to hang. Yes, Mom. Meanwhile, over in Ross 671, by sheer coincidence, everyone's working really hard to keep Alvin happy. Taron's in a foxhole. There's a fox in Taron's hole and a whole lot of truckers in supercruise. What's needed is sucker. And here comes that sucker now. Hey up, people, it's me, Eddie. I've brought you some new tailoring for your Christmas outfits. Eddie, we're at war. I've reinforced the gusset, you'll be fine. If you think I'm pointing that bit of me toward the enemy, you've got another thing coming. Thought you'd say that. I've added a little combat underwiring to bosom, lass. Much easier on back when hoisting your bazookas in direction of the enemy. I won't have you talking about my personal weapons like that. No, lass, your bazookas for firing at the enemy. Look, I've added a gimbal on each shoulder and counterweights under the arm. Tinsel tassels are to deflect any radar that's trying to look at your bazookas. Now, my wife Barb's has been working me husband Ken like a trooper at Needles, and we've got something here for Cecil's python. It looks like an enormous... Sock, yes. To keep it warm when he takes it out somewhere cold. Can I have one of those for Christmas, dear? It gets a bit chilly on the... Pack it in, Robbie, and pay the nice man. Yes, dear. Over at a nearby ice ring, a dangerous-looking Ferdelance has a couple of likely characters looking for all the world like they're up to no good. 
Eagle? Yes, master? Why have you brought me to this braben forsaken wasteland? It's the opals, sire. Opals, you disgusting wretch. Yes, master. It's this Christmas's must-have thing. All the kids are raving about them. And what, you diseased gnome, has this got to do with me? Well, sire, I thought you might like to liberate the few from passing ships with lasers. Sometimes, Igor, I like your thinking. Not often, mind. You have permission to switch to the knotted rope for your daily flogging. Too kind, sir. I'll go clean the unused barbed wire ones immediately. I need something to eat. What delights do you have for me? It's a steak, sir. Salted. Just how you like it. <laughs> It's delicious. What do you call it? Rudolph, sir. Have I ever told you, Igor, that you're despicable? Frequently, Mr. Potter, sir. Frequently. Over at Alpha Centauri. Snoz and Wotherspoon, I'm reading this bit so he doesn't have to, are putting the final touches to the decorating. Are you sure the tree's supposed to have that decoration on it? I thought we were supposed to use a fairy. Yes, it's traditional. A monkey on top of the tree, supposed to represent a Frenchman being hung from the yardarm. Does France have any monkeys? No, but we've got one. Just to be sure we cover everything, I've given him some wings. Help me lift him up. Right. Point of the tree goes right there. <laughs> oh, shiz. He's waking up. Quick, give him another shot of gin. <laughs> Try again. That's better. Anyone for your log? There'll be plenty in Cubicle 3 by Boxing Day. And next, we go over to a lonely anaconda, somewhere well outside civilization, where Evenstar is putting finishing touches to his festive emails. He's sprinkling plenty of glitter on his keyboard. I found myself an oysteroid, as perfect as could be. I thought I'd keep it as a pet and take it home with me. I made it some pyjamas and a pillow for its head, then stuffed it full of seismic charge and blew it up instead. <laughs> Yule wouldn't be Yule without a little bit of Viking cheer, and we catch up with Commander Ramforth, who is quietly singing, or should we say, speaking to himself. 
Cecil the Red-Nosed Trucker had a very shiny nose, and when he has a tipple, you would even say it shows. All of the other truckers used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Cecil breathe near naked flames. Then one foggy ice-ring eve, Vikings came to say, Cecil, with your nose so bright, come and light my way. Then how the Vikings loved him, as they mined the ring with glee, Cecil, the red-nosed trucker, helped us all to see. Cecil drank the bar quite dry, to fuel his glowing nose, and in the dark cold ice ring, lit up mother loads. Then how the truckers loved him, until they saw the bin, Cecil, the red-nosed trucker, had drunk through all the gin. The Hutton Orbital performers were Little Giuseppe as Bill Ives Jr. Mum as his mum. Evenstar being chased by some old duffers with obscure gifts. Cow as the baby cheeses. The Tech Monkey as the lowing cow. Wotherspoon as a wise old man. Harry Potter and Igor as the bloke with the inn that's too small and his wife who isn't. Flossie and Robbie as the Christmas Sages, Eddie Lee Wise as the Stuffing Bull, and of course, Commander Ramforth as our favourite Viking. May we wish you all a happy for the mug. Hutton Orbital Radio, where all the sexy people go, and anacondas sell for 100 credits. Galnet News Digest, 27th of December, 3304. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Emperor Silent, as demands for Hadrian recognition grow. Rochester Matriarch appointed to Shadow Cabinet. Medical breakthrough given green light by regulator. Light-absorbent opals make the galaxy mining mad. Emperor Silent as demands for Hadrian recognition grow. Nova Imperium claims that it is now a legitimate political movement, with many millions of followers. It demands isolation from the Federation and Alliance, the overthrow of Emperor Arissa Lavinia Duval, and a renewed, stronger, more confident empire that can stand up to and defeat the Thargoid threat. But you can't be taken seriously in the empire unless you have a figurehead of imperial lineage, and that's where Hadrian Janssen comes in. Recently revealed as the illegitimate grandson of the late Emperor Hengist and a slave, Hadrian has some grounds for claiming precedence over Emperor Arissa. 
who is the daughter of Hengist and Florence Lavigny, and who was selected as successor by Hengist himself over his only legitimate offspring, Mad Prince Harold the Dissolute, father of Princess Ashling. Amidst a growing campaign for Hadrian either to be adopted by Emperor Orissa or for the Emperor to be overthrown and replaced by Hadrian immediately, Emperor Orissa has made no comment whatsoever, adding to a public perception of weakness and indecision. It's fallen to anti-slavery campaigner Ashling Duval and the most successful slave trader in the empire, Senator Zemina Torval, to declare their opposition to the elevation of an inexperienced and weak figurehead to leadership of the empire. But there are many others now willing to speak out openly for Hadrian and against their emperor, including Senators Paul Vespasian and Eloise Winterston. With the Emperor's continued silence, the prospect of a civil war seems to be increasing with every passing day. Should he gain the top job in the Empire, either by force or by favour, it seems likely that the Imperator, Duke Kaiser Mordanticus, would advise the young Emperor with a gentle but guiding hand. Rochester Matriarch appointed to Shadow Cabinet. Congress member Isolde Rochester, mother of Jupiter and Jordan Rochester, has been appointed deputy leader to shadow President Felicia Winters. Best known for a tight-lipped statement calling off the wedding between her son, Jordan Rochester, federal ambassador to Semies, and his two-timing fiancé, Princess Ashling, Congress member Rochester replaces Edgar Santiago, who stepped down suddenly and without explanation. The Liberal Party is keen to form a strong opposition to President Hudson and his Republicans, and Rochester is seen as a strong candidate to bolster the Shadow Cabinet. Her sons, Jupiter and Jordan, are a senior executive in Core Dynamics and a federal ambassador, respectively. Her daughters, Juno and Jocasta, are both senior officers in the Federal Navy. There is a third son, Jonah, but his role in Federation life is unclear. Raising someone with a personal grudge against the Empire to be Deputy Shadow President is likely to make relations between Federation and Empire even less cordial than they already are. Medical breakthrough given green light by regulator. The miracle drug manufactured by Vitadine has been given approval by the Interstellar Health Organization and could soon be available in a starport near you. Nanomeds will offer the triple whammy of extending life by as much as 50 years, fighting off disease and repairing injuries using the wonder of nanotechnology. The IHO reports that in its trials, it saw truly outstanding outcomes with malignant cells eliminated, damaged tissue repaired from within, and boosted immune systems. Not only will people treated with nanomeds live longer lives, they'll have the good health to live them to the full. There genuinely seems to be no downside to this wonder drug. Light-absorbent opals make the galaxy mining mad. Until recently, they were just known as opals, and no one gave them a second glance. 
but given the PR makeover, the newly named Void Opals are the must-have commodity across the galaxy. Said to absorb light so completely that they appear as a dark space, Void Opals don't sound particularly pretty. But demand for the new gemstones was so high that at one point many stations were offering more than 1.6 million credits per tonne, causing a modern gold rush. A small group of Hutton truckers set a new record last week with a single sale of over 700 tonnes of void opals netting more than 1.3 billion credits. So many credits changed hands that other commanders nearby are said to have noticed their bank balances increase by a process of financial inductance. Following that dramatic event, thousands of commanders equipped with the latest mining gear have been stripping asteroid belts clean of this unlikely precious commodity. In fact, so many commanders have got on board with the chance to make themselves rich that demand in all but the most outlying stations has tailed off, with Void Opals fetching only around 300,000 credits per tonne. Still a highly respectable and profitable sum, but less than a fifth of their initial rate. Some outlying starports, such as Stargazer and Pleione, are still offering eye-wateringly large numbers of credits for the gemstones. So commanders desperate to get rich quick are urged to shop around for the best price. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. Howdy there, partner. My name's Buck, and I'm a trader. People ask me, Mr. Naked, just what do you trade in? Well, I'll trade anything to earn me more credits, but what old Buck Naked trades in is his very own space cow. Y'all know it as the Lacon Spaceways Type 9. She may turn slow and lumber along, but she's got plenty of room in her belly to store your load. And when I take her to Hutton Orbital, you can be sure that Buck Naked will be relaxing in his cockpit, counting the credits those poor saps will pay me for delivering hundreds of tons of goods they need. So if you want to get rich, pick yourself up a Lacon Spaceways Type 9, the Space Cow, for your utter delight. Buck Naked here, 
It's not. It's hollow buck naked because I gone to the pub. And um, I didn't leave any screens in front of these ear truckers which tell them what on earth's going on. But I'm going to look it up soon. Now, you can install this here program in your spaceship free of charge at any good spaceport near you by going to hot.forthermog.com. Um, it's easier than um, pretending to be hot. Buck naked on a live radio show when you've got no script at all. So I, I'm going to look at um, the stats of reading. No, hang on a second. I've, help! My God, it's on fire. What's going on here? Last week's winners. There's a button marked. Last week's winners. Yeehaw. Okay. The uh, <clears throat> top commander who jumped farthest in week 160, which was last week, was Commander Kish Stormbringer with a total of 29,505.10 light years. Um, the commander who sold the most cargo, which means trucking, you and me, was Light 027 with an amazing total of 40,408 units of cargo sold. We've got no idea if they were void opals but we sure do appreciate it, Commander. Then the most bounties in week 160 were Commander Attic 2. I've only got one in my house. It's a mighty big attic, but he's got two. With 46,689,481 credits of bounties handed in. Expiration data, well, the Beastie's got 102 million credits worth of data. The most combat bonds in our war in Ross 671 was the original bastard with 11 million credits worth of data. And of course, the commander with the most transported passengers. This number is a lot smaller than the other ones. Was Zane Till with just shy of 2,000 passengers. Now, if you heard your name mentioned on this here radio show, and despite it being me instead of Buck, you still get your hot decal. Yee-haw. I haven't got a joke for the end of this bit because I hadn't planned it. All I'm going to say is yee-haw. And for the Mug Commanders, and you're all top truckers. <laughs>